previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. We were waiting some- outside. Some Several of the people on that ride were like, uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. So we called another Uber, <laughs> another minivan. I was like, who are we missing? We're missing Rob. And so I walk back into the Palm. I see Rob standing at the bar and I walk up to him and I try to get his attention to say, hey, we're leaving you if you're not coming. And he's talking to Jamie. And she turned around and she goes, oh, I got him. <laughs> or something uh, like that. I don't exactly well, she that. wasn't lying. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And we are at full house capacity today. All social distance. Please welcome Simon, Chuck, and Roxy back to the show. How are you guys? Hey, hey. Hey, everyone. Hey. Hey. Six feet apart. Yeah. Oh, actually, miles (laughs) apart, Chuck. Miles apart. Oh, yeah. However, (laughs) Simon, you're in New York, right? I am. So actually, we are just streets apart away from each other. Yeah. Not even a street apart. We're not, we're like a tenth of a block away from each other. I am back in New York, back in the Big Apple. So excited about that. Quarantining, doing my thing, just recording podcasts. Loyal Littles, we have been so excited. We've been hard at work creating this show for you. We've got some great, great episodes coming up. We've got some guy from Boston. We've got our first out-of-the-country interview coming up. We've got people who are at the inauguration for the president. We've got haikus. We've got everything you would want here on the Loyal Littles podcast, so stay tuned for all of that. Now, before we begin, I would be reminisced to not... Chuck, it's been a while. We haven't talked to Chuck and Simon in over a week now. Chuck, the chef's going back to the Super Bowl. I got to give you about 30 seconds on that. What's that like? Now, we had Jamie Julian on. We got her reaction right after the big game, and she's obviously super excited. How are you doing, Chuck? I, I didn't have to talk you off any ledges. Now, I think it's because you pretty much had that game well in hand. How's it feel, Chuck? Yeah. Yeah, finally, we <laughs> that game was a little bit easier than the one before. But I'm going to make this kind of short and brief because, obviously, <laughs> after that win last Sunday, I was ecstatic. And now I've gone into complete jinx mode. So I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm not predicting anything. I'm not wearing any red clothes. I'm not watching any highlights, <laughs> highlights or clips or talk or smack talk or anything. I am one of those people that is completely like, if I say something and it doesn't come true, then I'm like, it's my fault that we lost. So <laughs> I'm, I'm like completely in shutdown. I got the blinders on. I'm focused. All right. Um, <laughs> when it comes down to game day, I'll be on full mode cheering squad. But until then, I'm reserved. Reserved. Uh-huh. Well, Jamie's <laughs> thrilled to know she has someone in her corner here on the Loyal Littles podcast. Now, Simon, oh, are, yes. who, do you Very have a, so. do you know who you're rooting for yet, Simon? Uh, I, I don't. I, I'm sorry, okay. Chuck. Um, well, you got, what, seven or eight days, so you're good. So you got time. Yeah, yeah. But basically, I won't decide because as Brits, we typically support the underdog. And, and I take that to the extreme. So even during a game, whoever's losing is who I want to win. So I always lose. <laughs> so you always Until lose. Until the very end. Yeah. <laughs> Until they pull. Well, that's interesting now. So say the team you've been rooting for the whole game pulls ahead with two minutes left. Now, do you switch allegiances right away or are you excited because the team you've been rooting really for bad. the whole game? Terrible for the team that suddenly starts losing. So it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough being mm. me watching games. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that is tough. Wow, you poor guy. All right. <laughs> what scares me to death is the role that Brady's on. And yeah. it's almost like this would be the ultimate win for him going through Breeze, Rodgers, Mahomes. If he beats all three of those guys. On the road? Uh, yeah. Well, well, actually. This one would not be on the road. But yeah. How do you feel about that? 
I mean, I guess I don't even know how that works. Do they do they actually get the home lockers because it's their stadium? Or <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure, sure they do. But I'm I sure mean, they do. They're familiar with the ins and outs of the place, I guess. But it's not, you know, I think most of the fans there are not going to be Tampa fans. They'll just be right. random people that can afford a ticket, like all over the world. But and supposedly it is in Florida, but it's not going to still not going to be full. Hopefully, it's not going to be full. Yeah, uh, I heard something like twenty-two thousand, maybe or something. Yeah. Yep. Starting That's at like nine a lot. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So hopefully they'll stick to that, so they can at least try to social distance as much as possible and have a safe, right, right. you know, game and everything like that. Well, best of luck. We'll get. We'll make our picks later in another episode, and uh, we'll see right. how that goes. So should uh, be a good, but, good one. They got the weekend singing. Yeah. And they've got Amanda Gorman's going to do a poem. I mean, oh, I that? heard that. Uh, oh, a yeah. poem reading, a Super Bowl? Yeah. Wild. Fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, that was actually a tiny little suggestion we had last week with her and her uh, new book coming out. So, yep. uh, yeah. Nice. So, anyway, all right. Next, we want to get into our usual shout-outs, updates, apologies, and whatnot. So, we're going to start with an apology to Sully from Boston who I, a couple episodes ago, misquoted. We had our little Littles Helping Little segment, and I was trying to be funny about our email address, and I had said that he said our email address was stupid, when in actuality, he said it was ridiculous. As he tweeted out to us, there is a big difference. We completely agree with you, Sully. It is ridiculous. There is a story behind it, though, and I thought maybe if I explained it, it might help a little bit. Real quick, everyone, the story behind the email address is simply that when I started this whole project, I had already had one podcast out there, and I had dreams and aspirations. Don't kill me for that. Don't shoot me down. I mean, Roxy, you think we should all have dreams and aspirations, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. So now this is all Roxy's fault, of course. You, we all know the story. You know, She's the one that talked me into starting this whole podcast anyway, and we joke. But the whole point of the, the email address was seriously was that we anticipated having multiple podcasts at the same time. And I had dreams to have four or five of them. I have other ideas for podcasts. Ambitions, yes. They, as silly and ridiculous as they may be, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Two was way too many, but we did it. We got through it. Chuck and I have one more episode of the Upset Special podcast coming up for the big Super Bowl game. But anyway, the thought process behind it was if I have multiple podcasts, I wanted one email address so I didn't have to check four or five different email addresses for four or five different podcasts, including then my personal emails and stuff like that. So it was just going to get crazy. So I thought, oh, I'll create one. So I'll create this imaginary. I don't know if you all noticed, I've been bringing in the show a little differently lately and referencing the WTFC podcast network, which was this quote made up podcast network that I created so that I could have four or five podcasts going at the same time. So then we thought one email address would be better and I can just separate it from there. But so I'm only checking one email address a day. That's basically the story. I, I know it was kind of silly. And now in hindsight, yes, a simpler email address for this podcast, like loyallittlespod at gmail would have been better. We're fully acknowledging that. But for now, if you don't mind, just continue the WTFC podnet at gmail.com. That's our email address. And sorry, it's so ridiculous. And we agree. I do. And Sully, we're very sorry for the misquote. We never like to do that, uh, even if it's coming off of Twitter or something like that. Next, we have a what we're calling a get well soon. This one goes out to Mike Mackler. Jeff Stevens posted something. He wanted us to say, just get well soon. He posted, Littles, one of our own has contracted COVID-19. 
Mike Mackler was diagnosed recently. I'm sure he would appreciate any show of support and love you can give him. Get better, Mike. Take care of yourself. Yes, Mike Mackler, we all couldn't agree more with Jeff. Our thoughts are with you. Hang in there. You'll get through this and get well soon. And next, we're going to do our Littles Helping Littles segment. And this one is to Dave Chow. He likes, he prefers Dave. And he needs our help. If you want to know more about him, he is a Mizzou grad, a scratch golfer who lives in Seattle. And we found that information from a friend of his. He needs a kidney. And so we, there has been a GoFundMe page set up for him and they are actually almost to their goal. So any littles that can get out there and help continue that goal, that would be fantastic. If you want to go and help them, you can search help David Chow find a kidney at GoFundMe. Actually, if you go to GoFundMe, you can just search David Chow. I've already done that and you can find it that way. But the actual name of the account is help David Chow find a kidney. They're asking to help with some doctor expenses, things like that, and they have a fund set up over there. If you want to go over there and help out, I'm sure they would appreciate it, and we do wish Dave Chow the best. So now, Chuck, we're going to take a seat for a second because I promised Roxy here, and uh, Simon, are you up to date? You know I am. I, I'm oh, up. yes. So you two, go <laughs> ahead. Give us the Bachelor. Is it Bachelor or Bachelorette? Bachelor. Oh, all right. All right. right, You two go ahead. Give us a quick little something, something about the bachelor. Well, what can I say? There's a ton of drama, like always, and actually a ton of bullying, which I don't like. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone came out of the limo and her icebreaker first impression moment with Matt James bachelor was to introduce him to her friend that kept her company during quarantine for the last year, and that was her vibrator. So that was interesting. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes, but actually, she's she actually is, great. I she, think she's brilliant. Yeah. She is a one of a kind. She is calling people out on their BS. I think she's standing up for people. I actually really, really like her as a person yeah so. but i mean i don't know i liked her as a person when she got the vibrator out anyway <laughs> no i did too she it was a bold move not many people would choose that as a first impression okay. scenario can, can, but can we pause here for a second chuck are we missing out on something here what what are we doing here <laughs> i don't know i'm, I'm going I'm, i didn't I'm know there were vibrators down. on the bachelor and bachelor <laughs> well, well i think i actually did. think this is this the first time maybe simon well, I, I got to be honest. I've only been watching The Bachelor for maybe three or four years, so I okay. I would be able to tell you if it's the first time, but uh, I hope it's not the last time. Because... <laughs> <laughs> wow! Right. Look, it's it's bold. It's, it's a powerful move, and good for her, and great for her for being such a seemingly genuine, kind, considerate person who stands up for people. I really like her a lot, so I hope she goes far. Yeah, wow. yeah, exactly. But basically, I, I believe is, this is also the first time that they've had a new wave of, of women come in, right? That's true, yes. So yeah, what yes. happened yesterday, or whenever I watched it, was, you know, they have, they've already had like three weeks of this one set of women, and then, surprise, surprise, they were like, actually, there's five more women that you need to meet. And so that kicked off all of the tension and all the drama. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, there's a woman who calls herself the queen of the house and wears a tiara 
all day, every day. And then someone who she actually was, uh, was it Miss Puerto Rico? Yeah. She won Miss Puerto Rico. She shows up with her sash and her crown in this beautiful gown and seemingly a nice person. She walks into the mansion and the original queen of the house takes her crown right off her head and puts it on herself. I'd be like, bitch, no, that's my crown. You ask permission before you touch it. Come on. Okay, I'm calling this right now. <laughs> Loyal Littles, our tiny little suggestion for this week is maybe we should start watching The Bachelor because, hello, <laughs> vibrators and throwdowns with crowns getting ripped off. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. If you're into any sort of sport, you should be watching The Bachelor. Because <laughs> maybe we they should actually have a do fantasy. fantasy league. Oh, no, they already say. have that. They have oh. Bachelor fantasies going um, oh, all, right. all over the place. Yeah. So real quick. So how many weeks in are we? We're going on four, I Four, think. okay. And so how many weeks are there usually, roughly? Ten. Ten? Okay, so we're almost halfway through. So do we have an, uh, we'll call this a long shot. Who, who you got? Oh, I think, I think Abigail is great. She's actually deaf. Um, and I oh. think this is the first time that they're, they've had people with different types of challenges. And this is, but this is actually the first deaf contestant. And I think she's, she is a sweetheart and she'll stick up for people too, a little bit more quietly, but she will. And I think they, they had a really nice connection. I think, is it Sienna and Breathe? I think they're front runners. Michelle okay, is you only a front can pick runner. one, Roxy. I don't can pick know. One. Well, here's the <laughs> thing. We're at a point where we're still trying to get to know these women, too. Okay, all right, so fair there's, 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 a like a, there's a small yeah, handful yeah. that I could see potential in making it to the end. I'm going okay. with Piper. Oh, I love Piper, too. Okay, it's Chuck. Great. Chuck, we both have Vibrator Girl, right? I'm assuming. No, all the way. She's going all the way. All okay, the that's way. who we got. All the all way. Right. So, all the way. <laughs> so that's our tiny little suggestion. Thank you, Eric Lonergan, <laughs> for that. And uh, <laughs> Loyal Littles, we'll get out of here because we have a great guest for you today. We are very excited, as always. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. KJ Onstead, and this is her song called Paralyzed. Now, Roxy, I love this little trend we're setting here because uh, she does say that she did have a little help from Jason Fuse with this song, but you know what? We're just going to let her tell you all about it. Loyal Littles, welcome to the podcast, KJ Onstead. Hey, KJ, how you doing? Hey, y'all. How are you? Good. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. I'm Gosh, not too, thank you. <laughs> I'm not too sure following Jason Fuse is the best way to go, though, for me. Uh. <laughs> I, I, it might be a ratings tanker for you. Uh, or on maybe the other hand, though, on the other hand, it you know it could be an excuse for me. Well, it was just because Jason was prior before me. <laughs> <laughs> I almost wanted to give you the introduction. She was also on bus number two, which I just found out about. Oh, yes, I was. Yeah, we might want to get into that. But first, what we normally like to do is, I know pretty much every little on this planet knows who you are. But just in case, could you give us just a quick introduction? We'd like to turn it over to you. Tell us all about you and anything you might want the littles to know out there. Oh, Lord. Geez, I don't know where to start when when people ask you, like, where you're from. Most of the time, that's easy for folks that have grown up in one spot, but I haven't. So 
I've moved all over. I'm I'm KJ Onstead. I've I guess I've been listening since whenever Tony was on nationwide ESPN radio, probably 1998 or 1999, when I was in grad school in Wisconsin. Because there'd be no reason for me to listen to DC because I didn't live anywhere near there. So I know sure. I started listening to him when ESPN was nationwide. And I don't think I had any moment where it was. Oh my gosh, who is this guy? I think I was probably driving down the road and I always had ESPN radio on and he was on and I thought, hmm, this is interesting. This guy talks about not just sports. This guy talks about politics. This guy talks about movies. This guy talks about TV. I like this. I kind of dug it. And I've been Mm -hmm. listening ever since. And then I came to PTI, probably not when they first started, because I think PTI came on the air in 2000 or 2001. Am I right? Right around there, yeah. I don't think I came to PTI till maybe 2004, 2005, something like that. Cool. Now let's dig in right there. So grad school in Wisconsin, where'd you go? I went to, for grad school, I went to UW-La Crosse, University oh. of Wisconsin-Crosse. And what do you do? I mean, do you mind going more? What, what was your major? Sure. Stuff like I'm that? a physical therapist. Oh, oh, oh that's so great. For many years, I graduated in, geez, I don't know. I've been doing it for about 20 years. So that might be around 2000. Let's see. I worked in outpatient for many years and a lot of sports medicine. I was an athletic trainer. My undergraduate was athletic training. So many years I did athletic training. Then I went back to school for a PT and I've been working in an outpatient clinic. But now for the last four years, I moved from the Twin Cities to a smaller town in Minnesota and I work at a nursing home. So it's oh, been quite wow. a transition. Yeah. Sure. Wow. So now, it's been crazy so with the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. I forgot about. Yeah. Now, Roxy, should I just take a step back here and let you go or you just want to let that go? (laughs) Roxy just recently. Go ahead. Tell her. I did just recently get a certificate for personal training. And nice. um, Though I, I don't know if I will get to a point of athletic training or physical therapy or anything like that, it is, I think, very helpful to have at least some of the knowledge to be able to, for me, with my career and my job being a dancer, I figured it would be helpful to know a little bit more about how my body works and Mm -hmm. what things I could do to help better myself and give myself as long of a career as possible. And then if I could bring that knowledge to other people someday, that would be really cool too. So yeah, I've been learning a lot about that. I I started doing another specialization in corrective exercise training and things like that. So yeah, I'm just in the process of educating myself. (laughs) That's awesome. I think that's really smart to go about it that way. Whether or not you end up doing it or not, you're still going to be able to help people and help yourself understand more. Now, you you guys can ask me whatever questions you want. Obviously, this Mm -hmm. is I'm used to maybe being on the other side of the mic, but (laughs) you guys are burying the lead. Roxy's a dancer and (laughs) Chuck, don't you play drums in at Broadway in Broadway shows? Yeah. I'm a drummer conductor. More about this or maybe. (laughs) Well, no, you haven't. And we've kind of dropped the ball on that. We've got so many, the problem is there's so many amazing littles out there. There was one person who wrote an email in or somewhere on Twitter or something that said, you know, how about a meet the guests episode? And we haven't done that yet. We've, I feel like we've kind of sprinkled in stuff here and there, though. Now, so you know, you know, Roxy's is, is a Radio City Rockette, right? Yes, I did okay. know that. So we've sprinkled that because she was on the parade when we did our Thanksgiving Day or the episode after that. And we've sprinkled in a little bit here and there. But yeah, that's what we do. And so we're out of work right now. So that's why I 
started this whole thing and I was like, okay, this will give me something to do. And I've had this idea. I've, I've said this before on the podcast for like five years or so. Well, all right, but bear, to talk about burying the lead. Now, the weird thing, you've kind of given us a little bit of your background and where you went to school, but there was no mention of music in there. Now, most of us, me included, I was expecting like, oh, I was a music ed major and I, I was a major in opera or voice or something like that, you oh, know, because everyone, well, everyone knows you KJ, from your <laughs> vocals. So like everyone out there needs to know, like, so how did that all happen? Did you um, always just sing or? Yeah, just I was in choir in high school and that was about okay. it. And wow. I, I have tried to learn guitar. I have in the basement, I have a room that I call the failure room with three guitars mounted on the wall and a mandolin, all instruments I failed to learn. But wow. <laughs> I do. Roxy I did, has one of those. <laughs> yeah. I did pick up the ukulele and I feel such a, like such a weirdo when I pronounce it ukulele, but that is the way it's supposed to be pronounced. Oh. But it, I, yeah. feel, Wait, I feel weird seriously? about that. Yeah, ukulele. Yep. Whoa. But I call it a uke. So I picked that up. Mm-hmm. And I picked that up right before I started jingling. So it was a great way for me to like have motivation to learn songs and play them instead of just doing always doing backing tracks, which I as I got lazier, I that's what I ended up doing. But in the beginning, I played uke for many more of my jingles just to learn, just to teach myself how to play something. And well, hello, you do have one of the most famous mailbag theme songs with your ukulele. So, I mean, come oh. on. I, mean, I don't know about famous. There oh, it's been pretty famous. Really good <laughs> yeah, that was that was a lot of fun to learn. That one, I that those chords weren't written down anywhere, so that one took me longer than it should have. I mean, someone like Mr. Fuse would be able to tell you probably by ear what chords they were. Yeah. But I sat and played them, and whatever sounded right, I figured out the chords, and, and then of course I didn't write them down, so now I don't know what they were, but. At one point, I had the words figured out. So that was probably my greatest triumph is that I figured out a song on my own. And Jason Fuse helped me with this. I've had one song played on Kornheiser's show, uh, an original song. Um, Oh. Jason helped me with that. I sent it to him and said, can you add things? And he added probably 10 instruments. I don't know what he added, but. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah, that was fun. So now. This might be fun. I don't know. We've heard some story. Anything you want to add to the bus two story by any chance? No, I just recently found out that you were actually on that bus too, which was kind yeah. of funny. I can't top Laheka's screw falling okay. on his head or um, <laughs> Swagmaster's Swagmaster's seventy three flights of stairs. But I do remember that we were bouncing so badly up and down that we decided we did not complete the bus ride we got off because i was getting so sick motion sickness. oh no we did not go to calvert woodley on the bus we got off and i do not remember how we got back but i just remember getting off early because it was pretty bumpy yeah so we actually had a email question come in and this is from bob walsh and i think it's actually a really now i think we might have touched upon this with jason a little bit but not too much where did the idea to start speaking of tangents come from? Um, that was my idea. I boy, it was 2014, maybe 2015. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. It's been a while. Maybe 2016. Oh wow! Some, so it was a while ago. Okay. Four years ago, maybe I want to say four years ago, and I don't know. It just popped into my head. Some much like some jingles that we, us jinglers write. They we don't know where they come from. They just pop in our head, and this idea just popped in my head and. Immediately, Jason was the person that I thought of as being the co-host. So I asked him about it, and 
He said, sure, yeah, I'm in. And that's how it started. And then we just got together and wrote all of our intros and bumper music and took a while to decide on the name and, you know, did the whole process. Well, it's such a great name. I mean, it it really is because... I think of it all the time about I, I'm so big on just I go off on tangents all the time mm-hmm, yeah. and it's terrible. It's like so when I saw that name, I was like, oh, that's great. Now, I think Jason referenced you. You met Jason at a Jingle Fest. Is that right? Yeah. First Jingle yeah. Fest. Yep. Wow. Oh, yeah. He took us through the first that first venue that you all played in at Jingle Fest. The first one. Yeah, it was an abandoned mine shaft. Yeah. yeah. They, they, <laughs> The uh, the typhoon that came through, it was something, but it was a lot of fun. As many people, I'm sure, have already told you, if you can get yourself to a Jingle Fest, if there ever is another yeah. Jingle Fest, you must. Yeah. I mean, we, let's we face were... it, these jingles are stupid. The songs are stupid. <laughs> the, everything about them is stupid, and yet people continue to give generously to Kickstarters for Jingle Fest. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't emphasize how awesome Littles are. What a community. I mean, yeah. it's a smart and funny community. So first of all, I'm still waiting to be booted out. I don't know how I snuck in, <laughs> but I'm happy to be here and honored to be here. But it's just it's just unbelievable. So, KJ, I hear you have an Alan Bubis story. Is that something I want to hear? Or? Yeah, I do. I do have an Alan Bubis story. When when I first went to the first Jingle Fest 2015, we went to Jingle Fest, and, and then after that, I got in contact with Bonnie Burko and got to go to PTI. That was the first time I went to PTI. And I'm sure you've talked to people that have been to PTI and how great that is and what an oh, yeah. amazing yeah. experience that is. And they make me jealous. Yep, yep. <laughs> if, if you can ever go, I don't know if COVID will ever allow that, right. but I would do it in a heartbeat. Oh, uh, absolutely. So it's just, yeah. I'm fascinated with behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if others would be, but it's TV. I mean, it's great. It's awesome to see yeah. how it gets made. Anyway, so by the way, I've been to three PTIs now. Never once has Wilbon been there. Oh, so, really? You tell me who takes more days off. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we're done with recording. We're done taking the pictures that everybody takes. And Bonnie had to leave early, but she put us in the hands of Tracy Roberts. And I don't know if you remember Tracy Roberts. Stage manager, right? Yeah. Kornheiser's yeah. talked about her a lot. I think they're pretty good friends. I don't think she works there anymore, but at the time okay. she did. And we said, you know, we want to go to the Palm. We know we know it's not far. We're going to walk, but can you point us in the right direction? And Tracy said, well, at the time, she was washing a mug. She was washing, like, Tony's PTI mug that sits mm-hmm. on set. She was washing yep. it. She just stops, and she's like, well, yeah, I, I can take you there. So she takes us out of the building, carrying the dirty dish, can, and <laughs> walks us, like, six blocks to where you could see the Palm and she knew we couldn't get lost the whole time telling us stories about Tony could not have been nicer. We just met this lady and she brought us down there. Anyway, I'll never forget her carrying the dirty dish with her. <laughs> and so, so then she leaves us and we're going to go to the Palm because we want to get the Palm experience at that time. Tony did not have chatter and he was going to the Palm all the time. Right. So we're like, we're down here. Why don't we go to the Palm? But we did not want to pay the Palm prices for yes. steaks and stuff. I mean, we were like, I don't know if we can, you know, we already paid to fly out here. I don't know if we can do that. So we see a Shake Shack. So we stop at Shake Shack. We get a burger. And then we go to the Palm. We're like, okay, all we're going to do is get a drink. So we'll just get the experience. So we walk in and there's not many people in there. It's like five o'clock. So that makes sense. It's not busy. But there's a couple people at the bar. And we go up there, and the bartender is Chuck. And I don't know if you've heard or remember mm-hmm. Tony talking about Chuck, the bartender at the Palm, but he was a listener of the show. And 
and we told him, well, we're here for Minnesota, and we're we just got done. We were here for the Jingle Fest, and we just got done watching PTI, and we came for a drink. So he was kind, and he told us a bunch of Tony stories, and he was very very nice. And then after about a half hour, we ordered a second drink, and a guy comes up, and he goes like, oh, Alan, I want you, to, I want to introduce you to these two girls. They're from Minnesota, and he and he said, you know, they they came for PTI. They just got finished with PTI. They went to Tony's Jingle Fest, and they said, this is Alan Bubis. And I was super excited because the Hall of Famer, my my wife, didn't have any idea who Alan Buvis was. But Alan Buvis, I can see why they call him the socialite because he talked to us like he had known us for 15 years. And he must have spent 20 minutes with us just chatting us up and talking about all kinds of stuff. Lots of Tony stories, but also just talking about what he did for a living and all that and what we did for a living. And then he says, to, he looks down at, at one point and says, why aren't you eating? And we're like, well, we already ate. We're, we're fine. It's fine. We Stop just want to. And he's like, um, yeah, Chuck, I want you to have them order whatever they want and put it on my tab. You could not come here and not eat something. And we're like, no, 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 we're not going to do It's okay. Thank you. But we're, we're fine. And we're from Minnesota. So that's the kind of crap that Minnesotans do. I should have just said, yeah, let me have the steak. But anyway, right. <laughs> I'll never forget this. He said, no, any friend of Tony's is a friend of mine. You will have a meal on me. Oh, and wow. I w- we were like awestruck. We're like, I mean, our jaws just dropped. We're like, really? How nice of him. And then at the very end of all this, there's people sitting next to us and he introduces us to them and they're the Lerner family. And then there was like a lawyer for the Lerner family and she's, he's introducing us and he's like sort of excited. Like this is, these are girls are from Minnesota and they're, they're here for that jingle fest. And the, the, the learners are like, uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what? I don't know. Get away from me. You know, it was a perfect reaction. Cause like, yeah. How do you explain jingle fest if you don't right. know what it is? Yeah. But right. It, it was, he was just, I mean, he acted like he knew us and then he's introducing us to other people. It was just delightful. And it was my first jingle fest experience. So Alan Bubis, I don't know how he stays friends with crotchety Kornheiser, but <laughs> 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 no, I'm kidding. They're they're good buds. But yeah, wow. that was that was amazing. And I, I did email the show about that. I normally don't, but I was just so touched that I wanted Tony to know that his good friend took said care. any friend yeah. of you know, took care of us. So wow. Yeah. <laughs> Really Jay, how, how did you how did you not le- how do you not lead with that story? Come on, man! What are we even doing out here, man? <laughs> oh man! That's I don't know. So, so I think it was Jason that mentioned this that he said you might have some a good story, and then we'll take a break uh, about Bonnie's Emmy Awards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I've had the extreme fortune to I've been to PTI, I think three times, wow. and. I didn't go last year, 2019, just because I had been enough. I, I wanted, I knew that a bunch of people were coming in town and I wanted someone else to be able to go. However, it turns out that Bonnie was actually, nobody called me to go to PTI. I was so bummed out. So nobody actually went to PTI last year. Oh and she's bummed. God. She loves to host people. Holy so, cow, you're killing me right now. <laughs> but uh, we did, when we were in town, we did stay with Bonnie and just littered in her living room are all these Emmys. So yes, we, uh, are you kidding? We took the Emmys and we posed with them and yeah. <laughs> so that's probably what Jason was referring to. Yeah. Um, having my hands on PTI Emmys. Yeah. All right, Katie, you can stick around, right? Sure. Okay. All right. So let's take a quick break because we've got some really fun questions coming up and I don't know, maybe we're going to talk about a mad crush you have. All oh, right, boy. littles. <laughs> we'll be right <laughs> back after this. 
Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And we are so lucky today. We have KJ with us telling us all about, oh, there's so much to talk about, so much. But we did get, as I said earlier, an email from Bob Walsh. He peppered in a few questions here and there. And one was, he wants for you to tell about your mad crush on Justin Timberlake. Is that true? Ooh, I love Justin Timberlake. I'm not sure if crush is the right word. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I have, Bob Walsh is, speaking of Tangent's quiz master, so he has written quizzes for our show and he loves to jab me with timberlake <laughs> questions um sometimes making and jason also will rip on he doesn't he doesn't love justin timberlake let's just put it that way and mm-hmm. loves to rip on me for justin timberlake however i have started to i have started to come off of my i guess crush i'll say crush but it's not really the right word uh, from justin but how can you deny the guy he is so talented <laughs> <laughs> people say they don't like him but they do you have to he's too good you have to yeah i mean i'm I'll, yeah. I'll be honest i'm kind of indifferent i don't i certainly don't hate him but i don't really run out and buy any of his stuff either now this is the justin's the one that did the whole you know what in a box on saturday night live right yes he did okay yeah. and that how can you not that... think that's funny right oh no that was hilarious i will give him yeah. credit there he's actually one of the stronger hosts I yes. found that, you know, because he did both the music and the hosting that one time. I think he's mm-hmm. hosted a few times. He's but yeah, he's... Five, he's in the five-time club. Oh, on, is now, he? Chuck. Oh, yeah. sorry. I, I don't keep track of the statistics. Yes. <laughs> I, I did get to see him first row once at a, at a, like a live outdoor concert event, and that was fabulous. I can't. Yeah, he's believe. a great entertainer. Yep, he is. So, you know, I have a picture in my house that I took with my own camera. Oh, of him wow. about five feet away from me so oh my gosh that's pretty that's... cool even if i don't like him as much as i used to i still walk by that and say hey jt what's happening <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny that that reminds me i don't know why it reminds me and roxy's gonna laugh at this but the one i'll never forget because because you said front row so when i went to see hedwig on broadway and neil patrick harris was still in the role and to, mm-hmm. he comes downstage and I mean, literally, so I'm talking like not even a foot away. I mean, it was that close. And I've never been more bummed in my life. This is going to sound hilarious. But he kissed the guy next to me. He like, I was like, wait a minute. I wow. Mean, did you know? Do you know that show at all? Not a whole lot about it. No. OK. But, you know, it's about but I've heard the of character. It, yes. OK. Well, so it's like a, basically a rock concert. And. He literally comes down, and I, I I think I put it on my Facebook that night. I'm like, I've never been so mad about someone not kissing me in my life. Like, I was this close <laughs> to kissing Neil Patrick Harris on the lips. I was like, what the heck, you know? And, oh, um, man. Right? <laughs> like, And I've met him a bunch that, of times, That's actually. worse, isn't it? That's It would be worse. That or you being way back, nowhere near the opportunity, like 18 right. back. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's totally yeah. worse being close. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I thought I I was like, what's happening? Because I also at that point didn't know anything about the show and didn't realize that was part of the show. And he is a really nice guy. I've actually I got to work an event as a stage manager on a awards show that he was doing. And so I was I was an assistant stage manager, I should say. And that translate on those award shows to security. So (laughs) I basically was just with him all day, ushering him, making sure nobody harassed him or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. So that was your. That was your chance. You should have said, you know, yeah. I almost got <laughs> well, kissed by you. Well, Here's actually, your chance, NPH. 
<laughs> that was actually before. That was before. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so this will be a little interesting because now we you didn't go into too much detail, and that's fine. But you you moved around a lot yes. as a kid and growing up. Now, yep. do you have a favorite sports team and a or a favorite sport? Oh boy. Um. Uh-oh. Yeah. I mean, my favorite sport is no no. There's no second place. It's it's or second place is way down. Baseball is my favorite sport by a oh, mile. Oh, great. Um. Okay. And. I'm a Twins fan. Mm-hmm. I also was a huge. I'm still a. I'm, a, I'm still a Cubs fan, but I'm not a huge Cubs fan because oh. as my fandom of the Twins has gained, mm-hmm. I've sort of let the other team go away. And I've been told by numerous people, well, you can't like both teams. You don't. You have to have a favorite. I'm like, no, I don't. One's in the AL. Yeah. One's in the NL. Exactly. If they That's play what I was just each thinking. other. I'll make up my mind if they play each other in a World Series. And yeah. tell them, don't worry about my teams. But anyway, the Cubs. I, I like the Cubs first, and I, I know why I like the Cubs, because when I come home from kindergarten, they were on they were day games, and they were the only ones playing. And I think right. I just started watching them. And I also don't think it hurt that they had very cute Cub Bear logo. Yeah. So I, I love the Cubs, and I did not start liking I was not a fan of the Twins when they won the World Series. So I still haven't seen them win. I'm originally from Montana, and when I was five years old, we moved to Oregon. And then I was only there for a year. And then my parents got divorced. And so my brother and I and my mom, we moved to Louisiana. So when I was down in Louisiana, I was a big Saints fan. Ah. Yeah. This is and getting I, good. <laughs> I still like the Saints if they're not playing the Packers. But ah, gotcha. in the summers when I lived with my dad, he lived in Michigan at this time. And so I was a huge Tigers fan. Wow. I happened to be a fan when they won the World Series. My favorite player was Lou Whitaker. Um, 1984, right? Yep. And yes, yeah. 84. And so I was a huge Tigers fan. Also, all things Michigan. I loved the Pistons. I loved the Bad Boys. Mm. Um, I once saw Bill Lambeer in a Fred Meyer in Greenville, Michigan. I don't know why he was there. He had a fishing <laughs> pole in his cart. And he's not someone that you mistake his right. physique is not someone oh, you yeah. mistake. It was Bill Lambier. People were running up to him for autographs. But anyway, I was a big Wolverines fan, so Ed Butt will be happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. I'm not anymore, but I was. Big Fab Five basketball yeah. fan. Oddly enough, I didn't care about the Lions when I lived there. But when I got into football when I was younger, I really loved football more than baseball when I was younger. I don't know why. Mm. I, at least I can, I, I can explain why I like the Saints because I lived there. Sure. I can explain why I like the Tigers, but I cannot explain to you why I liked the Cleveland Browns and the Buffalo Bills, but they were my teams for a long time oh. until I started to finally love Detroit when Barry Sanders came around. And so wow. I love the Browns, you know, when Ernest Biner and Kevin Mack and Ozzie Newsome and sure. Kosar and Eric Metcalf, and I love the Bills when they lost four in a row. But for so... some reason, uh, I, I don't know why I like the Browns and the Bills. I really don't. I tried to resist becoming a Packer fan for years because I was still with the Lions. I tried for about five years after Barry Sanders retired to stick with the Lions. I, I stuck with them for about five years, and I just couldn't do it anymore. And on the other side, I lived in Wisconsin. I worked in Wisconsin. I worked 30 minutes from Lambeau Field. They pulled me in. The Packer fans pulled me in, and I've not left them since. Mm. So, yes, it's Packers all the way. So this will be an interesting. So did they waste that draft pick last year? Like they oh. could have gotten Aaron another wide receiver. They could have got a little more help on the offensive line or, you know, something instead of drafting a quarterback when you had Aaron freaking Rodgers. 
yeah, that was kind of a dumb pick, I thought, but I'm not that big of a diehard that I do get into the draft. That would gotcha. be more okay. base. Now, have you, um, you've, you've been to the new stadium for the Twins? Oh, yes. I'm a, yeah. I uh, share season Target tickets. Field? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, wow. We go a okay. lot. I even had a so, cardboard cutout of myself at Target Field this year. Uh, One silver lining of the of the pandemic. Oh, that's kind of cool. I thought that was such a cool idea that they were doing that. That's so yeah. cool. <laughs> well, it gave and, you a little something anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, how, how do you like the new field? It's a great, it's a great field. Now, I, too have a dream of getting to every ballpark. So it's not my favorite. My favorite would be Wrigley and Fenway um, that I've been to, but I haven't been to the new Yankee Stadium, so I can't speak on Uh, that. Terrible. It, it Um, It actually dropped out of my top five. It, Yankee Stadium really? was in my top. Yeah, it was the old Yankee Stadium was in my top five, and now it it completely dropped out. It's totally. Yeah. And I know I'm going to sound because I'm a Red Sox fan. I get it, Yankee fans. Uh-huh. But it, it it's the best word I can do say. It's corporate. It's just so corporate. There's places yeah. where they have like couches and things like that where you eat sushi and steak and it's it's oh nothing uh-huh. to do with the game like it's yeah. crazy. I will say at least they don't have a swimming pool. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But, Who's that? Yeah. Is that the D-backs that have the swimming pool? Yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> seriously, we were just, because it was in my top five. And I do want to, I keep forgetting to do this. I wanted to do this on the opening of our following episode because we had Rob on. We were talking, because Rob has been to every ballpark and mm-hmm. tra- making me yep. jealous. And we were talking about my top five. And the one I forgot to mention was, of course, and I, Jen Babish, my apologies, Camden oh, yeah. Yards. That's Camden Yards, my top, top five. five too. Yeah, of course. Yep. And I forgot. But I, I wanted to make sure I referenced PNC in Pittsburgh because that's one people don't realize because you don't hear much about the Pittsburgh Pirates. And the best part about going there is you can always get a good ticket because they never really sell out. Yeah. But that whole ballpark with the view in the background, that one was one of my top five. And, uh, but yeah, no, it was, the reason I brought it up was because I had been to the Metrodome, Mm -hmm. but I have not been to Target Field yet, but I still count it. Like I still count seeing that's one of every ballpark, but now I don't know. I kind of want to start hitting some of these newer ones. Yeah. uh, Well, it does count because I've had this discussion on a different (laughs) podcast and I have been told that it didn't count. And I said, it does count. And we had, and here's why, here's a big reason why we had Luke Overby, fellow little jingler. Yeah. Um, he he's our young stat guess. man. He's the <laughs> yeah, he's the uh speaking of tangents, young stat man. And he came on and told me that if I wanted to I, I'm probably gonna butcher this because I always misremember things, but if he said something like he figured it out for me. He said if I wanted to count all of the stadiums, it would take me like if I didn't wanna go to new ones, it would take me like something like nine hundred years to get it all done. So I have to count the ones that I've been to before. I think if I tried to go to all the new ones, it would take me like 900 years or something to get there. Now, I could be exaggerating on the 900. Maybe it was 90. But nevertheless, it was way more time than I have on this planet. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, so I agree. Because, like, how are you supposed to do that? I mean, I guess if you have you nothing have else to, going on in your life. but Right. And your, the schedules have to align. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what was very difficult. Honestly, the way I was able to do this was the first 25 years right out of college, I was touring in Broadway shows. That's how I uh-huh. pulled this yeah. off. That's how I pulled it off and was just lucky enough to hit c- cities during the summers and where they happen to have a random Thursday game. That was the worst. It would kill me when the team would be in town. And but of course, we have shows every night and matinees on the weekend. So I can't call out from a show just to go see a ball game. They're not going to be OK with that. 
And uh, so it had to be like a random Thursday game or something or a Wednesday game where I didn't have a show lined up. And uh, the worst one was, though, and it's one of the ones still on my list is San Diego because they are smart enough there where they don't oversaturate the market. Whenever a Broadway show is in town playing, the ball team would be out of town. They would make sure. So I've been to the stadium many times. I've just never seen a game there. So Petco Park, that I really like that stadium. That surprised yeah. me. I didn't think it'd be on my list, but it is oh, on the list. Um, good. Okay. Oriole Park, Cannon Yards is on my list. Yeah. Like I said, so, Wrigley and Fenway. Now tell me this, because in 2018, when we drove out to we drove out to Jingle Fest that year from Minnesota, and we stopped along the way at Progressive Field and went to a Cleveland game. So I got that one checked off, mm-hmm. which was a lot of fun. And we stopped wow. at PNC. That'll still always be the Jake to me, but okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I yeah, mean, there yeah. are a lot of a lot of. Oh, I hate, hate it. I hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we went to PNC. Now, does it count? We got into the stadium. We went to our seats, and we got poured on, and the game was canceled. It still counts, right? Did the game I was start in the stadium? No, I would. The game think never so. started. I but think so. I wasn't yeah. on the outside of the stadium. I went in. I paid for it. I got some concessions, yeah. and we stayed yeah, for I quite would, a while until it was. I would. Um, I yeah. think. I think if the intention is to see the game and something like that that's out of your control happens, I think it still counts. Yeah, I was full. on a run yeah. too, where I would always buy the souvenir soda cup. That was my thing. Oh, so I uh-huh. had the collector's item from every stadium. Uh, that was yep. one of the things I was trying to do. Yeah, I, I would count that. And the, a, a fun thing that happened at that stadium is we're uh, we're all up in the way top because we're trying to stay dry. So everybody mm-hmm. moved from their seats that they did have to the way up in the top where there was an overhang. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I think you had him on your podcast once to pick games, Bob Spruill. Yep, yep. He, I don't remember how it happened. I think I saw him or he saw me. One of us recognized the other one and we had never met, but we recognized each other from social media. Oh my gosh, that's and hilarious. We, we must have talked, he and his wife, and me and my wife for half hour, 45 minutes while wow. we waited. It was so cool. It was like, that's Oh, so well then, then I'm officially, calling, I'm officially calling it then. Then it counts. Okay. I mean, if yeah. you met a random little at the yeah. park while, you know, waiting out the rain delay, I mean, come on, that counts. And um, yeah, but Littles, weigh in on that. Does it count? I think it counts. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if we it get counts. any... Uh, I think, yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially if you met up with a little. Come on. That's that's great. It was a lot of fun. Well, KJ, we can't thank you enough for the the stories and coming on. And uh, as an homage, we'll get you out of here on this. Okay. Do you know who Beetlejuice is? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I might have been been pressured into that one. I definitely know who Beetlejuice is now. Let's say that. Actually, at the time, I also knew who Beetlejuice was. I just didn't get the answer right. I'm not a good trivia person. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. I did want to kind of hear your your version of this because I was like, okay. But yeah, so what Jason. did Jason say? Oh, he just said you have to have her tell the story. Have her explain the Beetlejuice story. That's all he said. Oh. So. Well, as I told you, we have had Bob Walsh's quiz master and he writes quizzes for us. And one of the quizzes that he wrote, the answer was Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. And so the movie, the Beetlejuice. And, and just so you know, I'm going to give you a quick plug here for all you uh, listeners that want to hear this. It's on the Speaking of Tangents podcast on the episode that aired on May 19th, 2017. Look it up. Okay, go oh on. Oh my gosh, really? Okay, thank you. Because <laughs> well, we, no we did idea. our homework here. We did our homework. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so Jason had, and, and Young Statman has made a Venn diagram or whatever you want to call it since then 
of how many clues Jason had to give me in order to get me to get the answer. So he knows almost all the answers to trivia. I know about, I'm going to go ahead and go with 75%, but that's probably (laughs) not quite right, but we'll stick with it. I know about 75% of the answers, and so then he helps me with clues. And normally I get them probably within five clues, which is not good, I understand. But this was probably 25, it probably took 25 minutes for me to finally get Beetlejuice. And the amount of hate that we got, now probably more fun hate, but still like, I was screaming Beetlejuice. And so I've never been able to live (laughs) Beetlejuice down because, and people were like, get the answer already. I'm like, well, you guys can fast forward. But yeah, it took me a long time to get the answer to Beetlejuice. So, you know, of course it's used against me. And there is talk, there was talk that the Venn diagram that Luke made would be on a t-shirt someday, but I think I survived that. I'm (laughs) looking at that that diagram right now as we speak. Um, Yeah. So uh, there are Bob, what, 30 clues maybe? Bob Bob sent this into me uh, and uh, I didn't even quite know exactly what it was at first. And um, I was like, yeah, he said, see attached picture. KJ now ends up getting tagged if one of the littles even obliquely references the movie. <laughs> like, it's true. It's true. <laughs> I'll never be able to live it down. In fact, I just leaned into it. And two years ago, we got our dog a Beetlejuice Halloween costume and posted that picture of her in the costume. Oh, so there you go. That's Aww. adorable. Oh, that's that's <laughs> that's so cute. Well, KJ, thank you again. Plug whatever you need to plug. I'm sure there's a lot of things you want to get out there. So go ahead. Oh, I don't I don't really think there's a lot. Um, I mean, I mean, we've already talked about speaking of tangents, but we're all, we're basically retired from speaking of tangents. Now we did just come back and do an episode. You but, sure did. Um, Man, I think... that that blew up the internet. I think that was great. <laughs> Well, you know, everything had changed so much. We The last time we talked was when the pandemic was first starting. Like, I was flying to Florida, and I asked Jason, do you think I need to be afraid to fly? I mean, that's how it had just started, you know, that kind of thing. We don't plan on coming back on a regular basis. I don't know what, I don't know where the next, right. but it is speaking of tangents, and it's it's on, I think we're only on um, iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, okay. I, I don't think we were able to get the Spotify. So oh. I don't, they never they never answered us. So we're not on Spotify. But I mean, they're all old episodes. But I would say if you're a Tone, a Kornheiser fan, you should look up. We've had Liz Clark on. We've had David Aldridge. We've had Gary Braun. We were so lucky to have we recorded at Chatter three times for the yeah. three times in a row for Jingle Fest with Mark Stern and Gene McManus. You know, so we've had. You're telling of, me right now that's like a dream come true for us. I mean, it really that would be like. Yeah. They, and those, those are so such fantastic. great episodes. Yeah. They, so I would encourage people that if they're fans of the big show, that if you want to listen to, I mean, they tell stories that they don't normally would have. They're interesting interviews. Um, and I'm not saying that because I'm the one that interviewed them. I'm saying oh, no, no. I, I'll say it things. for you, KJ. Absolutely. I'll say it for you. They're fantastic. Look them up a little. They're, they're great episodes. They really are. All of them are. Yeah. So, I mean, we've had a, a lot of fun on our show, but those are, I would point you to those and if you're jingle fans you can go back to the very first 10 or episodes or so where we had on every jingler that wanted to come on you know just talking to our buddies so that i think we're at speak tangents pod maybe or speak i don't i do i do not remember the podcast handle uh, but my twitter handle is at buffalo underscore alice all right thank you so much for all the stories and all the time well, just for thank you me. the pleasure is ours come back anytime you want 
littles, I'll try to recover from that interview and we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. I don't need to say it again. We know. But I did want to <laughs> reference real one quick thing. I mean, thank you, KJ, for coming on, of course. I did want to reference, I didn't even think about this. Now that I've heard the whole story about my Neil Patrick Harris incident, we'll call it, at the Broadway show Hedwig, the more I'm thinking about it is I bet the guy next to me was a plant. Like that probably was set up because even pre-COVID, uh. Right. I don't think Neil Patrick right. Harris would just randomly every performance crawl down stage and kiss a guy in the front row. That's I mean, eight different people a week. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it was his husband for all I know. I don't know. I, I didn't recognize him, but I know his husband does some acting and stuff, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he did back then, but I, I don't know. Maybe I was a little naive there and I was kind of upset <laughs> and all that. But maybe, maybe it was a plan. I should have known better being in the business, but. Um... Was it open mouth? No, it was just a, it was just like a peck, but you know it was a long peck. It wasn't like a kiss on the cheek kind of thing. He okay. he planted him one on the lips, and then because you know he's in the middle of a song. It was like a I don't know if you know that show, Chuck. It's like a rock concert kind of thing, and he comes downstage and crawls down, and we're right there, front row, you know, like and we just anyway, I was kind of bummed. And uh, now well, Rocky, you, you know should have gone for it. <laughs> well, what am I gonna do? <laughs> shove the guy out of the way? Like absolutely. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Roxy, you found a comparison. I wanted to let you, uh, you were all excited when you heard that story because. Yeah, so I was watching Call Me Cat this week, the new episode. Another past tiny little suggestion. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows how much I love kitty cats. I really love kitty cats with really cool names. And so one of the cats they were referencing on the show his name was Neil Patrick Harris. How adorable is that? Wah, wah. Nice. I, adorable. I am obsessed with that show. I think it's so cute. <laughs> I hope well, it, it was goes funny, on for years and years and years. Story. So uh, we wanted to actually, we forgot something first time. We wanted to give a quick birthday shout out. Happy 69th. How is he 69? Birthday to Phil Collins. One of the greats. Now, the reason I, I wanted to give him a special shout that was my first concert I ever went to. And I was in high school, and it was so great. The best thing about it was, two, two things I remember it was, the first thing was, he literally played for like almost three hours. There was no opening act. I thought that was impressive, because most of these star acts, they always have like an opening act that go on for like an hour, and then, they then the act comes out for like an hour, hour and a half, and they're done. Phil mm -hmm. Collins all night now the other thing that r struck home to me was being a drummer i was always thought like if i was phil collins drummer i'd be pissed now for those of you the littles that don't know this phil collins is an amazing drummer okay but he's also you know him as the lead singer you know for these uh um so embarrassed what was the name of his group before genesis genesis thank you but anyway so he's in concert every time there was a great song with a great drum track or whatever he he'd jump back and go back on the drum kit and start wailing away which was awesome to see but the more i thought about it, i'm like holy crap if i was his drummer i'd be pissed like i get to play all the ballads and like all the uncool <laughs> stuff and here comes the cool song and phil jumps on back says yo take a break brother I'm, i got this one you know and uh so but anyway it brought up a i was wondering so what what were your all first concerts do you remember what was your first concert roxy 
Well, my real first concert, or because we talked about this. Um, yes, your real first concert. You can mention the other okay. little thing you went. I'm not talking about a theater. I'm talking about like, I'm talking about like a, a concert in a stadium. If there's. Well, it it was it was a concert at the Oakdale <laughs> up in uh, Wallingford, Connecticut. And actually, I've seen three concerts there at this point. Okay, um, we'll tell everyone what it was. Okay, so when I was a child, it was Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop live. And I thought it was a concert, so I considered it a concert. But actually, I was really into Nora Jones growing up and it, all through high school. So I actually went and saw her in concert at the Oakdale. And she was awesome. But again, I, I didn't really understand the concert's work, so I didn't know there was an opening act. I thought we were in the wrong place for like an hour. I'm like, what the heck's going on here? But then she finally came out, and she's awesome. Yeah, so I guess technically that would have been my first concert. All right. Chuck, nice. Simon, what do you got? Well, if we're going with the Lamb Chop play-along, then it was probably <laughs> uh, a teddy bear picnic. But that was in a theater. Aww. So actually, <laughs> my first stadium concert was Michael Jackson. But I distinctly remember it not because it was Michael Jackson being amazing. I remember it because he was throwing a diva fit, or he was overheating, or there was some issue where like he was just too warm apparently and so we waited as like young kids with our parents for two hours for him to come <gasps> he was two hours late and everyone's just waiting very patiently you know singaporeans and are very patient people uh but yeah it was like two hours of waiting and and apparently it was because which uh which tour was this do you remember god i mean it would have been like 92 93 maybe mm. so I, I don't i don't remember i mean it might have been the bad it was right. just him though not his brothers right yeah, I think it was just it. I mean, I yeah. was like six or seven, so. Gotcha. I, like I said, the only thing I remember is just waiting. Right. <laughs> All right, Chuck, what do you got? Okay, my first stadium concert was my sophomore year in high school. I went to see the Grateful Dead. Whoa. And let's just say it was an eye-opening experience. <laughs> <laughs> Too many things to recollect and not recollect. <laughs> 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 Lots wow. of things going on, but uh, yes, it led me to my hippie days for sure. Mm. <laughs> We're gonna have to call that a tie in my eyes. I was go definitely going with the Michael Jackson for the win. Oh, I would take Michael Jackson. Too. If I could go back, I'd go to Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, me, well, me too, probably. But uh, wow, that, those are good ones. All right, everyone. Now we're gonna do real quick. Uh, thank you, Bob Sproul, for the Friday Five. We're gonna do these real quick. Uh, first one, Roxy. What was your first job? I was a cashier at the Home Depot. Wow. Wow. Okay. Didn't wow. See that coming. It was interesting. The orange I got sets, hit right? on a lot. <laughs> of course you did. Do you still have the Old, little smock? young. Actually, I do. We Technically, I was supposed to turn it in before I left on my last day, but I snuck it in my purse and I, I walked out and never looked back. So I do have my apron. Oh, we might have to get a picture of that on Twitter. All right. Uh, Chuck, you're next. What was the first record album you ever bought? The first album, vinyl, that I ever bought was Branford Marsalis Renaissance. Whoa. So I was kind of a big jazzer in, like, middle school. And then I really, like, when I kind of got into high school, and not, not to mention my parents, well, my mom was kind of a religious person, so... I tried. She wouldn't let me listen to like rock and roll music, that devil music. So I snuck in after that. I got into Sting because Branford Marsalis played on Sting's Dream of the Blue Turtles album. And then from where from there, I went to the police and all that. So I, I kind of snuck wow. 
I use Branford Marsalis to get me into rock and roll. So thanks. All right, right, Roxy, you want to read the next two? So Simon, would you stay on Facebook if all of a sudden you had to pay for it? Oh, oh God. How much? How much do I have to pay? It Uh, doesn't say. Yeah, because like if it's what, like two dollars, then yeah, I, I guess, you know, it's basically where I get my validation for my birthday. You know, so. <laughs> right? It's really how much do I want to pay to feel good on my birthday? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> really. so true. So yeah. true. That's so true. <laughs> now, Chuck, who is your favorite U.S. president who served prior to 1980? Now, can we hold on a sec? Why am I getting this one? Like, am I the old guy here? Am I the only yep. one that knows presidents before 1980? Like, how yep. is this fair? <laughs> All right. Well, actually, I have a few, but I'm going to go with because actually today would have been his birthday. And I'm going to go with FDR. FDR was born on this day in 1882, believe it or not. And also because of Annie and I did I've done like four tours of Annie. And so because of character. That, that that's how you judge it. <laughs> not because he was a good president. He was that. a character on Annie. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Wait, was I alive then? Do I remember like his actual I know my history, but history has proven him to be a wonderful president. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right, fine. All right, whatever. Let's move on. All right. Everyone, I think this is interesting mainly because we're all entertainers. So this is kind of a really good one. Then we'll end with this and get out of here. Who is the most famous person you have ever met? And it's very distinct. It says this has to be someone you actually met with and talked with for like 10 or 15 minutes. It's not just someone like you got an autograph from or something like that. Sure. So who wants to go first? Roxy, why don't you go first? Ladies first. Thank you. Um, I would say it would have to be Lorna Luft, who hopefully people know who she is, but unfortunately some people don't. She is actually um, Judy Garland's daughter. So Judy Garland had Liza and also Lorna um, and her brother, oh shoot, what's his name? Joey. Joey, yes. So it was Liza, Lorna and Joey. And I actually got to work on the, uh, actually I think two different productions of White Christmas with her. So I spent a lot of time with her. She is incredible and sound like you could hear her mother through her singing and it's just such a such an incredible person and you so. got to hang out with Liza too actually because she came to see the show right I did yeah she came to see the show sat backstage smoked a cigarette in the dressing room <laughs> which no one, was, <laughs> no one was gonna tell her she couldn't smoke right doors so. Liza freaking Minnelli right just yeah she was amazing she really she enjoyed the show was super kind to the cast after the show telling us how much she enjoyed it and yeah it was I actually have a picture of me with both Lorna and Liza oh wow and that's great that was that was definitely a highlight in my life for sure excellent all right chuck what do you got okay i would say i'm i'm gonna have to go out most people I mean, you can't say me chuck is. you can't use me I'm well besides chuck uh, <laughs> i'm gonna go with john davids wow um who i did a, my first tour on, uh with on um state fair chuck state fair <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I know your resume but better than more, you do. Probably more famous for his role in Hollywood Squares for many sure. years as the host of that. So, but he used to. He was he was very kind to all the little people. He would throw you know lavish parties in his hotel suites um, at different places that we stayed at, and, and was very eager and willing to uh, 
say hello and get to know nice. everybody. So I would go oh. with him. Wow, I haven't heard that name in a long time, but we Yeah. I was friends with his daughter when he was doing was he did he do Oklahoma in New York at some point or something? Uh, he, he did something in New York when I was well, he did stay fair on Broadway. Oh was that it went on tour, yeah. Yeah. Um and so I don't I don't remember how, but I was really good friends with his daughter. And so my mum would exchange Christmas cards with John Davidson and his wife for years and years and years after that. Like we oh, wow. Yeah. So I was like, wow, that name's familiar. He was super nice to everyone. Yeah. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. All right, who you got, Simon? Well, I'm going to go with Jerry Seinfeld, actually. Ooh, cool. Yeah. I did a commercial with him. It was, on, it was like one of the first gigs I did when I moved here as an adult. It was an Australian commercial. I don't know how. They must have been paying him so much. It was for a bank. And I was supposed to have the punchline at the end of the commercial. And I was just so excited. It was like my first proper on-camera thing. Of course, then I finally you know, I managed to get one of my Australian friends to like record it or something. And they were like, oh, we didn't see you in it. I was like, well, well, well. Um, and uh, yeah, my, my punchline had been cut. And of course, no! Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> is funnier than me. And he had a, the punchline. Um, so real, real sad story there. <laughs> wow. But he was super nice, super funny. You know, I mean, he wouldn't remember me from John or Dick or Harry or whatever it is. Um, yeah, he was uh, he was he was cool. So that's all we got, right? Did we miss yeah. anything? I think that's it. So once again, thank you, KJ. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Chuck, for coming on. We haven't talked to you all in a while. Thanks for having me. Yeah. 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 This is great. So Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. Send those emails to wtfcpodnet at gmail.com. Until further notice. Yes. <laughs> or you can find us on the Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod or our Facebook page the loyal littles podcast and remember if you get a few seconds hop on over to itunes search the loyal littles podcast give us a rating give us a quick review two people actually did that after the last time we mentioned it we really appreciate that it's so helpful thank you so much and one last thing we wanted to mention don't forget this is your last chance you've got a few more days just one or two more days get on over to shop.tonykornheisershow.com and get your sweatshirts and hats and help out a great cause, Rocco's Warriors. All right, thanks, everyone. That's all we got. We'll talk to you next time on the Loyal Littles Podcast. Say goodbye, So long. Bye. Bye. Use the codes. Yeah, use the codes, people. I definitely know who Beetlejuice is now.
Littles podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. Oh, 